0: Hey there, and welcome back to JW Forwardcast, the show that helps former Jehovah's Witnesses rebuild their lives, take back control of their destinies, and become the people they were always supposed to be. So, my name is Covert Fade, and I am your host. I am a former Jehovah's Witness, and I will shortly be joined by another former Jehovah's Witness, Alice Cheshire, as we discuss a listener question that's been sent in. But first, a little housekeeping. So I thought first of all I'd chat a little bit about what we've got coming up for you on the Forwardcast over the next few weeks. Um, I was able to do a really interesting interview with a XJW activist named John Ledger. You might have been following his um, videos on YouTube under XJW Analyzer. It's a fascinating chat. We not only talk about uh, activism and ways to help XJWs in specific situations they might find themselves in, but we kind of go deep into philosophy and some other really interesting areas. So I really love that chat, and that's going to be coming to you very shortly, so keep your eyes peeled. I've also got another long-form discussion with Alice Cheshire. Uh, We're going to be talking about the importance of boundaries, about how the Jehovah's Witness religion kind of strips you of your ability to set meaningful boundaries, and of how important it is to get that back into your life. And we'll be discussing some ways of doing that. So, we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you. And I'd also like to take this opportunity to give a, a shout out to a very kind new supporter on Patreon, Sherry D'Souza. Thank you so much for your support, it is massively appreciated. And if you'd like to become a supporter of the Forwardcast on Patreon, uh, which is Patreon slash covertfade, you can do so for as little as $1 a month, and you will start getting access to numerous benefits, everything from early access to episodes of the Forwardcast, to videos that you can only get access to via the Patreon page, to handwritten cards from me, uh, birthday and Christmas cards, and, and other things as well. And we're actually working here to bring you some really interesting and cool Patreon-only benefits. There's one that Alice and myself are hopefully going to put together in the next couple of weeks. We're really excited about this, and once it's done and dusted and it's available, I'll be very excited to announce it. But yeah, we think it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, that's coming soon to Patreon as well. So, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. This is the first of our new quick fire question and answer episodes. They're short, sharp, sweet, and hopefully useful. So, let's get on with the show. Hey there, everybody, and welcome back to JW Forwardcast. I am joined today by former life coach. No, I'll start it again. Former life coach. Former life coach. <laughs> former, current Jehovah's Witness and former life coach. Our life has gone really, <laughs> really, really wrong. Witness and former
1: life coach.
0: Shit. Yeah, I might leave this in. Actually, that's quite funny. <laughs> um, Yes, you literally just
1: wound the clock back a hell of a long time. And I, I, I I protest.
0: I, I've I've just I've just created Alice's worst nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to JW Forwardcast. Um, I am joined. <gasps> Look, an Alice-shaped blur running out of the door. <laughs> it is out of here. <laughs> Carry on.
1: Sorry,
0: continue. No worries. I, I shall continue. Um, I am joined by former Jehovah's Witness and current life coach. Alice Cheshire. Alice, how are you doing today?
1: I'm very well. I had a minor heart attack for a moment there where I suddenly thought I was back in the cult. Current JW. What? What? <laughs> oh, <nobody laughs> told me that. Um, no, I'm really, really well. Thank you. I am. Um, how am I? No, I'm having a, a great week. I went for a little run earlier, so I'm sort of psyched and I've got that kind of post-exercise. I'm going to say post-exercise glow. But yeah. it's more like a kind of tomato red, beetrooty sort of look. So, but you know, that's that's a good thing. So yeah, I am I am, I am all good. Thank you for how you. asking. How
0: are you? I'm very well, thank you. That's how real people look after exercise, isn't it? You sort yeah. of see in the gym advertising videos, everyone looks glamorous. Okay. Real people, if you've really done a workout, you look like you're, an, you know, yeah. like you say, a, a rather sweaty beetroot. Yeah, it's Um, expectation versus reality. Exactly. Yeah, I am well, thank you. I've had quite a good week myself. Um, If you've been following my Twitter, you know I've recently started training Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So I've spent a good deal of this week basically getting my ass kicked but having a lot of fun doing it. Um, So, yeah, it's been good. The interesting thing what we're trying to do with today's episode, in fact, the next few episodes, is... um, Introduce a slightly new format to the show, because usually we do quite long form podcasts where either Alice and I will kind of pick a topic and kind of really drill into it for an hour and a half, or I'll do long form interviews with various guests. Uh, which is great. And we're going to keep doing that. But we we keep getting a lot of questions from listeners, but because I'm a bit rubbish and slow, and just because time is a factor against us, sometimes we don't get around to answering these questions until like a month or a month and a half later. So what we thought we'd do try is some short, sharp episodes. So where we literally just spend 10, 15 minutes on one question and then move on. So this episode might only be 10 minutes long. It might only be one question. Uh, maybe if it's a shorter question we might do two questions per episode but the idea is it lets you get answers to your questions really quickly and lets us put out some more regular content because I'm I'm, my feeling is this you know because it's a much less time to edit I can get these episodes out much faster so hopefully everybody wins are you with me Alice I am totally with you excellent good so let's head on to today's question So our first question comes from Twitter. This is a question from April at Le Great Escape.
1: April is a long-term friend of the
0: show. She is. She is. We've, we've chatted to April before. She's, um, she's sent in questions before. Um, so hi, April, hi. First of all, hi. Thank you for sending in another question. Um, we're doing this question first because it's slightly time-sensitive. So here we go. April tw- tweeted to say, I'm 1.5 years faded. Attending a family funeral, and she actually says this will probably be before the podcast comes out. Um, but we're trying to we're trying to get this ahead of time to see if we can can get this out in time for you April. So she's going to a family funeral. um there will be important inverted commas elders there, and at the private wake afterwards that I will be forced to engage with in a tiny room. I can guarantee that they will either not know and ask how my congregation is or ask why I stopped going. So the impression I get there is either these elders, like they won't know she's left and they'll ask how local congregation is, or they'll know and they'll Mm. ask inappropriate questions about why she's not going. She says, I don't want to play the I'm depressed and can't handle it card. I want to say because it's a multi-million dollar cult, which it is, Mm. but obviously I can't. I'm just wondering how their reaction towards me will be if I express how happy I am now I've left the religion. Have you as faders had any similar experience in that situation? Alice, what are your initial thoughts for for April?
1: Well, there are kind of two scenarios here, aren't there? One of them is people who don't know that she is no longer attending. And then there are the people who perhaps do know and are going to ask, actually, some, some quite personal questions um, mm. and I think so So this as, as you and I have been talking about recently this to me comes under the subject of boundaries and as XJWs when we were in the cult we somehow it got drilled into us that we weren't allowed to keep our own counsel we weren't allowed to be quiet and to just not answer a question for, for some reason, and and particularly you know she's mentioned the elders there, and I think we all still you know even if we we've left and we've been out for many years. Most of us will be able to remember that at some point, we genuinely thought that if an elder asked us a question or if an elder said something, that they had a right to know our deepest and darkest thoughts. This is, you know, it's spun all the way through the cult. It's down to the fact that the elders are supposed to be, you know, (laughs) they're they're not the leaders, but they're those who lead. Yes, exactly. It was drilled into us that if an elder asks us a question, we're supposed to reply. So, as I say, there are two different scenarios. First off, people who don't know that she's faded, okay? They may ask... How's the congregation? How's everything going in your congregation? Or oh, wasn't that uh, wasn't the latest video from the org amazing? Or you know didn't didn't you find the uh, the comfort? It's a funeral. Mm. Didn't you find the comfort about the everlasting life and paradise? Wasn't that comforting? And blah blah blah. I suppose there's two ways to handle this. The first is to say, actually, I don't go anymore. But that to me feels like it's opening up a can of worms in an environment at a funeral yeah. where. Frankly, no one wants to have that conversation. So for those people who don't know and and, and genuinely ask a question of how's everything going in the truth, how's the congregation, I feel like a simple sidestep and then a turning the question around is the way to go. Something along the lines of, I'm really, really well, thanks. It's so good to see you. How's everything with you? Mm. And just sidestep everything they've just asked and turn it back around and I guarantee you most people particularly people who perhaps are not so self-aware most people want to talk about themselves most people are only thinking not only thinking about themselves in a selfish way but as individuals we are the most important person in our world particularly when we're a JW because we don't we, we find it harder to sort of think outside the box outside of the the cult kind of walls so they will most likely go, oh, yeah, you know, I'm really well or I'm really sad or I'm really struggling or whatever it might be. And then just keep doing that, rinse and repeat. So then they may ask, you know, did you see that? Um, didn't you find the, the the talk really wonderful about the resurrection hope? Yeah, it was a really lovely service. Anyway, how's everything going, blah, blah, blah. And just keep turning it around. Be non-committal. turn it around, don't give anything away and just send it straight back to them yeah. and that is a real challenge when you first start doing it particularly where we've been grown up to we've grown up or we've, we've had that thing of I have to say I have to say how I'm feeling you don't mm-hmm. nobody has a right to your innermost thoughts especially people who you haven't seen potentially because if they if, if they don't know that April's faded then these are the people that she hasn't seen for months and months and months possibly years mm-hmm. you don't know them anything, you don't owe them an explanation, cut it off, answer in general, turn it around and send it straight back to them. So that would be for people who don't know that
0: she's faded. As you say, Alice, most people will not register that you've actually sidestepped the question. Exactly. Because they've already kind of got in their head what your answer would be. So if you sidestep it and then ask them a question and are really interested in perhaps ask them follow-on questions when they if they say oh I've had a bit of a rough time. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Tell me about it. Hmm. It will it will let you off the hook. And for yeah. the, for the, they don't know scenario. And the great thing is you've never really told them anything that's untrue. I mean, if, if you feel, you know, I don't think you probably have to say anything that's technically untrue. You could, like, as you say, Alice, you can just say, you know, if they say, well, wasn't that a wonderful, refreshing, you know, talk about the resurrection, you can say it was a lovely service because you know what it probably was. It probably brought a lot of comfort to people in that room. Even if you were sat there thinking, this is cult propaganda.
1: This is a load of bollocks. Exactly.
0: There were probably some people in that room who were enjoying it. So you can say, oh, it's a lovely service and then ask them about them. So for the people who don't know, that's probably the best way of handling it in a funeral situation. So let's talk about the people who do know, the elders who come up and say, "Um, look, I know you haven't been going to the meetings recently. Can you tell us what that is? Is it something we can help with?
1: Oh, they are nosy, nosy bastards, aren't they? Um, And what's really interesting here is that, as I say, when, when we've been in the cult, we're conditioned to believe that the elders have a right to our innermost thoughts. What's interesting is that the elders also believe that they have a right to our innermost thoughts. So when they are asking these questions, they're not in their head, they're not thinking, I'm gonna be a nosy, snoopy bastard and ask her and put her on the spot and oh, Kathleen oh, 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 evilly. They are genuinely thinking that they are acting in line with the dynamic that they believe in, which is that they are, you know, uh, uh, older men, their job is to shepherd the flock. And they are supposed to help and provide spiritual guidance. So, uh, you know, all that stuff. (laughs) So, first things first, they're not doing it from a position of trying to make you feel uncomfortable. They're doing it from a position of, this is my place in the world. I am an elder. And I am talking to somebody who I believe to be spiritually weak. And I must encourage this person. So, first things first, let's make sure that we're not ascribing bad intentions to these people who most of them in their own right are probably perfectly nice people however they are overstepping a boundary we talked a little bit about boundaries boundaries are something that get trampled all over when you're in the JW cult because and, and specifically when we're talking about this scenario people think they have a right to your innermost deepest darkest thoughts hashtag they don't, they do not have a right to know what's going on in your mind. So the first thing is, and this is going to feel really uncomfortable the first time we kind of acknowledge this and the first time we do this, we're going to have to, or we we can choose to, and in this scenario I think this may well be the best way to go, which is essentially to decline to answer the question, but to do it in a nice way, we don't want to make a scene, it's a funeral, but something along the lines of. Thank you for your question, or thank you for your inquiry, or I really appreciate your concern. That's not something I don't. I want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And the wonderful thing, as well, that comes into this then is the power of knowing when to shut up. <laughs> the power of stopping talking, because there then might be a silence, possibly. And as creatures, as humans silence is really uncomfortable and we get really jittery and we might want to carry on filling the silence and talking. However, come to the end of your sentence, I don't want to talk about that now. Full stop, shut up, stop talking. Or do what we were talking about a moment ago, which is turning it straight back around on them and saying, but anyway, how are you? I can see that you're here with your wife. She doesn't, she look lovely or you know something to turn it back on them. Now, probably because they're elders and because they believe that they are entitled to the innermost thoughts, they might well come back at you with something else. Oh, oh, well, no, yes, no, I, I'm very well, but you haven't been to the meetings and dah, da dah, da dah. Da, and they may and probably quite likely will ask the same question again in a different way. Do not deviate from your answer. Don't don't give them any more because if you give them a little bit more, they'll feel like they're getting somewhere. So stick to the set. Again, as I said a moment ago, I appreciate your concern. However, I don't want to talk about that. Yeah. End of full stop, stop talking, turn it around, put it back on them. Rinse and repeat. Keep going. And then if they continue with this, excuse yourself
0: and get the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. And you can literally say to them, look, I've asked you, I have said twice, I don't want to talk about this. Um, I'd really love to talk about something else, but if you're not able to, I I think I'm going to, you know, take my leave and go and talk to somebody else. You're perfectly entitled to And remember, this is a funeral. So the other thing you can say is, I really don't think that's the right moment to be discussing this. Yeah, um, this is that,
1: not the appropriate time for that.
0: Exactly. Um, and they, they may think that you're leaving yourself open to discuss later. So maybe that might be one flaw in the plan. But then you can, I mean, they have to get hold of you in order to discuss it. And I would say if, anytime an elder tries to contact you in other situations, just ignore it. Because weirdly enough, if you're worried about your fade, one of the criteria elders tend to use, if you've been faded for a while, the criteria about disfellowshipping you without you being there is very much about, do you recognize the authority of the elders? Now, there's not a definite time for this, but weirdly enough, if you say, okay, I'll I'll come, I'll talk to you or I'll come to a judicial committee. You're acknowledging that you think they have some authority. This is actually in the Shepherd book. I don't know if it's in the new one, which has just come out, but it was in the old one. I think it
1: is. I I think it's still in there, yeah.
0: And there's actually, they're more likely to not do anything, to hold your fellowshipping in in abeyance, or just not consider you a JW, which is a loophole that some people are able to get away with if you just ignore them. Yeah. But by actually agreeing to talk to them in a, an official capacity you 're actually making it more likely that they 'll do something so that 's yeah. another factor to this is um, elders in this situation probably aren 't going to do anything and because it 's a funeral, I suspect all but the most unself aware elder will just let it go um, but
1: and let 's be honest you know there are some elders yeah. who the fact that it 's a funeral will not stop them you know and if they can corner you in the you know in the corner of the room or try and have that conversation with you it's possible that they may do that partly because they believe their own bullshit yeah. they believe that they genuinely do have a right to be asking these questions but remember this isn't about what they believe yeah. this is about you you are your own individual human who has made a decision that these people do not have any right or control over you anymore? So deflect the question, tell them you don't wish to talk about it, and then, for the sake of harmony, excuse yourself. As a girl, we have an easy way to do this, which is excuse me, uh, I, I, I'm just popping to the ladies. <laughs> excuse <laughs> yourself,
0: get out of there. You know, you can even excuse drop in me. I there. have to go for a massive poop. <laughs>
1: Or if you want to make a man really uncomfortable, just say, do you know what? It's time of the month. I have to go and change my tampon. <laughs> Maybe don't say that. I don't know. What if be- <laughs> the
0: dude's skeleton try and crawl out his skin to escape and run in the opposite direction? <laughs> ah, ah, woman stuff. Yeah. Woman stuff. a abort, abort. But
1: you know what I mean? You yeah. just, just take yourself out of the situation. And unless, and I don't think they are, they're not going to chase off no. you. No. I don't, I, you know, I think I think that's highly unlikely. So, if they are refusing to accept when you say I don't want to talk about that, and you've tried to change a subject, excuse yourself and. Go somewhere else. If if you have to stay in the same room, you know if you're if you're still at the hall for the funeral, or if it's a, a I don't know what you know. Some people go to somebody's house for you know some food or whatever afterwards. Take yourself to another room. Go somewhere else. Engage with somebody else. Yeah. Engage with another person because then it will be so much harder for that elder to chase and try to continue having that conversation. But fundamentally, you don't owe these people anything. They are nothing to you absolutely nothing to you stand in your boundary i've said no this is what i'm not prepared to discuss end of discussion yeah
0: and i think there's one final point i'd follow up on which might help you get a bit of a bit of confidence walking into this situation april you're the adult in the room because most Jehovah's Witnesses, to a certain degree, they're, they're quite infantilized. They can't think for themselves. You know, I, mean, I remember when I was a Jehovah's Witness and someone asked me a tricky question about ethics or something. I'd have to say, hang on, I have to go and check what we believe. Um, I would say that a lot because I genuinely know I'd have to go check the reference material to find out what I think. Um, but it's what Jehovah's Witnesses actually do. Whereas you're an independent person, you have control of your own mind. So to a certain degree, when you walk into the, this experience, you're the adult in the room. And you're free and the people you're with sadly are trapped in a cult and they're quite infantilized so you have the power you have the freedom and to a certain degree i would take the high road so yeah when they ask you why you left i wouldn't say because it's a multi-million dollar cult because you're at a funeral and as you as you quite i think i think you you know as you say in the tweet april you don't really want to do that because it's a funeral and you want to you know be the adult and do the responsible thing, and kind of show them how a person should behave in these situations, which I think is very laudable. Um, and I think that what that should give you some confidence going in there. Is that actually, in many ways, you, you're an adult walking into a room full of children. You're mm. free; they're not. Um, you know the truth about their entire belief system, and they don't. So mm. have confidence. Um, also, have some pity. Um, I'm also, I'm very sorry to hear it is a family funeral. Um, and I, I, I don't, I do wish you condolences and also to your family as well, because JW or not, you know, death and grieving is the same for all of us. And, mm. um, you know, I, 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 wish you all the best for the event. Hopefully this podcast can catch you beforehand. Um, but if it's, if it's come and gone, I hope it went well. Um, and I hope this advice helps you in future situations.
1: And the other thing, just just to to finally add on to that, the other thing as well is that, and this doesn't just apply for this situation, but this applies to so many other situations as well. It is going, the first few times we do this, the first few times we establish boundaries with people who are trying to push against them and trying to overstep boundaries, it feels uncomfortable. It feels different. It's a strange thing for us. So, Acknowledge and understand that it is going to feel strange, but in our previous life as JWs, we try to avoid that feeling. We try to avoid the feeling of feeling uncomfortable. It's okay to feel uncomfortable. Feel it. Think about it. You know, okay, where where am I feeling this? Where am I feeling this feeling? Is it in my chest? Is it in my stomach? Is it in my gut? like, where is this feeling that I'm feeling? And sit with the feelings, acknowledge it, accept it. It's okay. Ride it through. Feel the feelings and understand that it's okay to feel uncomfortable. But that doesn't mean that what you're doing is wrong. It just means that it's the first time that you're setting these boundaries with these particular people. And it means that you're you're doing the right thing. You're doing something new and you're growing.
0: Cool. So April, we hope that uh, answer helped you. And uh, Alice, thank you very much for joining us on this rapid fire forward cast. Uh, Join us on the next episode, where we will be, where we will be, where we will be going through the next on our list of listener questions. If you've enjoyed this podcast, there are many different ways in which you can support it. You can leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast platform you listen to the show on. If you leave us a written review, I do promise to read it out on the show, even if you're absolutely scathing about us and think we're terrible, because, you know, it'll be funny. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at CovertFade, and Alice is at TheAliceChesh. You can subscribe on YouTube, where you'll find episodes of The Forwardcast, plus some additional content. But most important of all, if you've really found anything we've said useful, then... Put that into practice in your life. Because we only get one life. So sit down, work out what kind of life you want it to be, make a plan, put that plan into action, and start living it now.